So good morning and thank you for joining the Big Tin Can Holdings FY 2022 Results Investor Briefing. My name is Jane Morgan and today I'm joined by Big Tin Can's management team, including CEO and co-founder David Keane, our Chief Product Officer Stefan Toulon, our VP of Marketing Communications Pam Adiran, and Global Financial Controller Cyril D'Souza. He'll be providing you with an overview of today's results release. To ask questions throughout today's presentation, please use the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen. So David, I will pass on to you. Thank you so much, Jane, and welcome all to Big Tin Can Holdings FY22 results call. My name is David King, the CEO and co-founder of Big Tin Can. Now today, I'm delighted to be joined by Stefan, Pam, and Cyril as key members of our team here to present and discuss with you the FY22 results. As Jane said, for today's call, we'll be using the FY22 full year results presentation that was uploaded to the ASX this morning and is also available on our webinar at our website, excuse me, at investor.bigtincan.com. And a recording of this event will be made available on the ASX and on our investor website after the conclusion of the event. Before we begin reviewing the presentation in detail, I thought I might provide some remarks about our progress in this year. So FY22 was a transformational period as Big Tin Can grew to achieve several key financial milestones. We passed $120 million in annualized recurring revenue, or ARR, an important achievement for a SaaS company. We announced Big Tin Can's first positive adjusted EBITDA year of 4.1 million. Now that's an improvement of 10.2 million in adjusted EBITDA over this last year. And we reduced our net cash outflows by 9.8 million with three consecutive operating cash positive quarters. A key operational milestone was the significant acquisition of BrainShark earlier in the year, itself an industry-recognized leader in sales coaching, learning, and readiness, and the massive effort undertaken this year by our team to integrate and build upon this technology, all now within the Big Tin Can platform, contributing to our growth in sales of multiple hubs to the same customer. That's what we call multi-hub wins. During the year, we expanded the business with important new logo wins together with key renewals and significant expansions, contributing to a strong net retention ratio of 180%, showing that customers continue to love the Big Tin Can product family. And we saw that growth delivered efficiently with operating metrics improving, where sales and marketing and product and development together made up 82% of that ARR in June. And that's an improvement of 12% over the previous year. What that means is that each additional dollar of revenue is costing less to build, win, and service compared to the previous year, all adding to this year's adjusted EBITDA positive results. We also won technology awards, released a record number of features and enhancements to our platform, which you'll hear more about today, and had a new patent granted. All this was achieved through a very challenging period for growth-oriented companies and their markets globally, and I'm incredibly proud of the team at Big Team Care who have adapted to that, allowing us to focus on both delivering for our customers with product innovation and delivering for our shareholders with the strong financial results that we're showing today and the sustainable platform for growth for years ahead. One award that I personally feel is insightful is where Big Tin Can was named a clear leader in the 2022 Sales Enablement Data Quadrant Report by Software Reviews. Big Tin Can scored 8.9 out of 10 in satisfaction based on real end user reviews. For today, the takeaway is whilst we do see uncertainties in the economy, enterprise organizations are focusing on productivity for their sales teams more than ever, and that could create opportunities for the future. As we head into FY23, Big Tin Can is in its best position ever to be able to deliver for our customers, our shareholders, and our global team. 
as we create the buying experience of the future in the fast-growing market effectively and efficiently with the benefits of the uplifted scale you'll hear about today. Okay, let's jump in. We're going to share some slides and just go through them for you. Let's go to slide two, which is our agenda. So our agenda for today starts with a high-level overview of performance in FY22. We'll then review the company's strategic technology developments in the year, a section on the impact we have with customers, and then we'll look at the financial results in detail and, of course, finish with the outlook for FY23 and any questions. But let's start with the results dashboard, which is on slide three. So yes, FY22 was a transformative year with the company growing considerably. Together with that growth, investors will see maturity in the business and how we are able to communicate that progress. Today, we are providing more details on areas like ARR than ever before. And whilst we do remind investors that Big Tin Can is the first sales management company to be publicly listed, we do expect that to change in future periods. So that detail will help all to compare and contrast. Now, with the growth you see here on this slide, we talk, we'll talk about the adjusted EBITDA, that result there, and it set a benchmark, we believe, where Big Tin Can can grow in FY23. As I mentioned before, on cash, that significant change in the operating cash outflow was important in showing the company is able to use its scale to help improve the business fundamentals. Let's go to slide four, which is going to jump us into some progress on the company, and we'll go right to slide five. So Big Tin Can continues to have a major impact in the enterprise customer environment. You're looking at the global 500, Big Tin Can has continued to grow our coverage of world-leading brands in key verticals. In FY22, Big Tin Can had over 100 of the global Fortune 500 as measured by Capital IQ's company screen, and added new logos here, both through that brain shark acquisition and, of course, organic new logo businesses, including financial services organizations like Citibank and Fidelity through Brainshark, and household names like McLaren, Bacardi, and Clorox, all new to Big Tin Can in this period. I think if we jump to slide six, this is a, a well-liked slide that we've used now for the last couple of periods, and I think it's going to be interesting to talk about today. The key takeaways here on this, we kind of call it the four donut slide, if you like, Key takeaways are on the left-hand side, Donut, look, continued diversification in revenue from our target verticals. Um, you know, obviously, with that ongoing focus in recurring revenue products and services, that continue to be strong for us. And in that third Donut, the U.S. domestic market does continue to be a foundation for BTH to grow from globally. I will again remind investors that we have you know, now users in more than 60 countries around the world. Our technology is localized in more than 40 languages. What you'll often see is the revenue attribution to some of those large global deals coming from U.S. domestic, uh, but of course those deployments uh, are going across those more than uh, 60 countries. In terms of the revenue per hub, this is that far right donut when you look at this page. You'll hear more about today about the hubs, and I think you can see there in that donut that uh, due to the brain shark acquisition, of course, learning <laughs> jumped significantly in this period to end 2022 at over 50%. And certainly that's helpful for us as we think about the ability for our customers to use Big Tin Can to gain productivity for their teams. Now let's talk a bit about that multi-module section there. And if you're with us in FY21, you'll actually know that the percentage is declined over FY21 in this chart. However, I wanted to give you the numbers behind that, given the significant growth Big Tin Can has had in this year. 
In FY22, Big Multi-Hub was approximately 14 million of ARR. It's now more than 30 million. That's a doubling in a single year, with Brainshark only being with us for nine months or so. So we do see ongoing growth opportunities for revenue across hubs, as well as customers that will buy multiple hubs uh, when they start working with us, as well as opportunities for add-on features like augmented virtual reality and virtual reality and conversational intelligence. These are interesting technologies that we'll talk more about today and ongoing in FY23. If we look at slide seven in this deck, I think this is the market opportunity. I think it's worth spending a bit of time talking to investors about where we see the progression of the company and also the market. So this data here is a combination of Big Tin Can's internal analysis as well as some US government statistics and Big Tin Can's engagement with our customers and market analysts. I will again note this is focused on US domestic market. So what does this tell us? Well, look, for investors that have followed Big Tin Can's progression since our IPO in 2017, you remember the discussion about sales content management. You will have heard that phrase used. And we saw that as a cornerstone of building the growth strategy, and that's that white box top left. Since then, Big Tin Can's strategy has been to add to that core with technology development and acquisitions to add capabilities in sales training, coaching and learning and sales engagement. And today we see that creating a pretty complete offering for our customers, with that again shown in that first column. For the future, we do see opportunities for Big Tin Can to continue to add value with offerings in frontline enablement and frontline uh, training and coaching. And we've always said this can extend not just to internal users within our customers, but to their external channels and maybe even their customers. One example from FY22 is Madison Square Garden in New York City as part of the uh, MSG Sports Entertainment Group. They're using our tools to train staff that handle events, when people come into their events at Madison Square Garden using our platform. What we saw in FY22 was the emergence of the ability for Big Tin Can to differentiate itself through these add-on modules that are in that purple bar at the bottom of this, of this uh, chart. It includes conversational intelligence, augmented and virtual reality, and other offerings that we see building that stack, if you like, of, of services. So based on that progress, we see that program continuing in FY23 and beyond. If we jump to slide eight, this talks a bit about, you know, what does that mean for, for us in FY22? The way we see it is that FY22, we've seen the market recognize more so than ever that the benefit of that growing breadth of coverage is helping to address the needs of digitization and remote work. And today, those buyer-seller interactions that have been created from that change in the economy are faster and more complex than ever before. And both buyers and sellers need a new way of interacting. And that mega trend, if you like, has been the driving force behind the vision here at Big Tin Can of creating the platform we just talked about and we'll talk more about today, and the intelligent enablement layer that connects those hubs together into a system that can impact how we believe millions of people will interact with each other in the new economy. But on slide nine, I think this is something that uh, I think is also worth, worth talking about here, which is, look, I, I think people often ask about the market research and I thought it might help investors to get a view into the most recent market research by Gartner, the international technology research firm. I mentioned that before. We've just this month, they had just this month published their report on the market in which Big Tin Can operates. It's called the Gartner Market Guide Report. And for investors, we have made a free copy of that research available on our website at bigtincan.com. And this year, I'm pleased to confirm 
not, not only that your company has been recognized for the seventh consecutive year, but this year we ticked, uh, again, ticked every box for the features and capabilities that Gartner recommends are important for a sales management system. And, and that, that level of recognition is simply adding validation that the technology that Big Can is creating is ready to lead the market and grow into the future. But I do want to read you one quote from that guide. Again, the guide's available to you, but I think this gives you a bit of a view of the, the medium to long-term opportunities for Big Can. So Gartner say, by 2026, 65% of B2B business-to-business -business sales organisations will transform from intuition-based to data-driven decision-making using technology that unites workflow, data, and analytics. Gartner continues to see double-digit revenue growth for the sales enablement market. And at Big Tin Can, we are setting ourselves a goal of taking a significant share of that market. So on to slide 10, um, I think just look some, yep, thank you, some points here about where Big Tin Can is as we progress through FY23. I'll come back and talk a bit more about this, but this is all some data in terms of giving you, know, you a bit of a view of where we see Big Tin Can today. But before I hand over to Stefan Chulon, our Chief Product Officer, to talk you through the technology development this year, people often ask me about the impact that the Big Tin Can technology has on our customers. So I wanted to read you a quote from one of our customers uh, today. This is uh, Brian Atchison, he's the Director of Sales and Marketing at the Western Hotel in New Orleans. So if you've been to New Orleans, this is a major convention-oriented uh, hotel. And you know what Brian tells us is that Big Tin Can has aided in the acquisition of over $50 million in meeting and convention revenue since we began using the platform. And I want to share that results like, like this are the reason that Big Tin Can was created in the first place. And we're just so happy that the solution is working for Brian and his team. I'm now going to hand over to Stefan Chilon to take you through the technology section of today's event. Steph. Thanks, David. Slide uh, 11, please. Uh, hi, everyone. I appreciate the opportunity to provide a brief look back at how Big Team Can's technology advancements have supported our business performance in FY22. On to slide 12. The Big Team Can solution is comprised, as David mentioned, of our three key hubs, learning, content, and engagement, all integrated into our unified intelligent enablement platform. And the product strategy for FY22 was centered on supporting three objectives, multi-hub customer deployments, improving net retention, and reducing the cost to serve our customers. Throughout the year, our roadmap was calibrated to ensure that these objectives were always in focus, and we can see the results with the continued strength in the multi-hub component in the ARR by offering at 25.3%. Next slide, please. On the platform development front, impressively, Last year saw 260 plus features and enhancements shipped across all hubs and the core platform. A few key highlights to share include AI coaching and BrainShark content creation brought to Learning Hub. Enhancements in AR and VR content experiences and our next gen Salesforce.com app for Content Hub. Conversational intelligence features, battery voice vibes technology and enhanced buyer engagement features in Engagement Hub. And across the platform, every hub saw a modernized new UI rollout and universal SSO and analytics as part of our integration services. FY23 is already shaping up to be quite an exciting one for Big Team Cam's technology program, 
Thanks again. Now over to Pam. Thank you, Stephen. Hi, everyone. I'm happy to join you today to share some customer results highlights and talk a bit about our growth opportunity. Next slide. This topic is very close to me because before I joined Big Ten Can, I was a Big Ten Can customer and enjoyed similar benefits to the ones you see here and more. These are a few highlights from Digi International, State Street, and Uber Eats. As noted by Linda of State Street, many of our customers find that the deployment of Big Ten Can essentially pays for itself with cost savings that come from the elimination of unused content and the increase in revenue when the right content is in the hands of customer-facing teams right when they need it. I particularly enjoy the quote from Angela Apple at Uber Eats that it used to be faster to order a burrito than to find the right content. With Big Tin Can Content Hub, the productivity increase is remarkable. Next slide. I'd like to share a short customer success story from Daniel Sutton, enablement consultant at Seek, so you can hear directly from him about their results in his own words. Let's play the video now. The biggest benefit of working with Big Tin Can is their investment in helping us get the platform right. They've given us access to their great customer success managers that are always on hand to help us deliver what we need. My name is Daniel Sutton. I'm an enablement consultant at Seek for the sales and service teams. Our products and services are rapidly evolving all of the time, so having a learning management system or enablement platform like Big Tin Can has really enabled us to make sure we keep everybody up to date and we can also track who might need a follow-up for their product knowledge. When we were evaluating our partners and we were talking to Big Tin Can, they really took the time to understand what our needs were and help us deliver a solution that would fit those needs. Plus, the Big Tin Can tool is really user-friendly, so we didn't have to spend a lot of time training our, our frontline teams on how to use yet another tool. From a results point of view with the Big Tin Can platform, we've just seen our first month where we've had 10,000 interactions for a month, and that's across around 200 people in our sales and service team. So it's really ensured that all of those people have access to the right information at the right time, and we're seeing that usage grow month on month. I think it was absolutely the right decision for Seek Sales and Service to partner with Big Ten Can. They've always been on hand to help, talk to our various stakeholders and work with my colleagues to deliver the right solutions to the frontline teams. The biggest benefit of work the biggest benefit of working with Big Ten And finally as we look across our existing enterprise customer deployments, we see a meaningful growth opportunity. Using a company-selected set of 10 enterprise customers, a representative sample, to give you a sense of our licenses as compared to the total opportunity, the average penetration is 26%. So this helps to show that Big Ten Can is well set up for the future. Even with economic uncertainty, Big Ten Can is positioned so that even if our customers face market challenges, due to the economic conditions and are faced with the need to adjust resourcing, the opportunity for expansion of licenses remains strong. We are well positioned to help our customers do more with less. With additional licenses, they can amplify the results they are seeing and further increase productivity and revenue impact. We're helping our customers understand the power of this expansion strategy 
especially where workforces are contracted. Some of the same benefits about our solution that enabled us to grow through the pandemic will also serve our customers and us as a result through economic challenges. It's all about making the humans our customers have retained more successful through the use of Big Tin Can enablement solutions. And now I'd like to hand it over to Cyril to talk about the detailed financial results. Thank you, Pam. Good morning, afternoon, and evening to everyone on this call. Let's start with slide 19. Big Tin Can in FY22 continues its consistent trend in hitting key metrics. Let's go through those now. ARR was up 126% to 120.1 million, representing a compound annual growth rate of 67% over the last five years. Revenue was up 146% to 108 million. LTV or lifetime value was up 107% to 812 million. Gross margin was at 88%, and the company generated its, first, its maiden positive adjusted EBITDA of 4.1 million as a result of the growth achieved in FY22, as well as the transformative acquisition of BrainShark during the year. Moving on to slide 20. Overall revenue grew to 108 million with organic at 57.4 million and acquired at 50.6 million. That's a, that's a revenue organic growth rate of 31%. We'll talk more about BrainShark revenue shortly to provide a little bit more insight in terms of the status of that deal. Moving on to slide 21. LTV is a good measure for investors as it demonstrates the long-term value of our customers as well as the value of our existing customer base. As we've communicated to investors before, we calculate LTV as the multiple of the recurring revenue base multiplied by the gross margin and divided by the inverse of the retention rate. We see this as a conservative but appropriate way to calculate LTV. In June, in, at the end of June, LTV more than doubled to end at 812 million. Another metric we use is the LTV to CAC ratio. CAC here is the cost to acquire a customer. We calculate the cost of at 60% of direct sales and marketing costs, as well as acquisition costs added to acquire customers. At June 2022, with BrainShark included, our LTV to CAC ratio was 4.0 and represents an improvement of 13% over the last year. Next slide. Let's talk about subscription revenue now. Subscription grew 140% to $102 million, which is 94% of our total operating revenue. The strength in our recurring revenue engine demonstrates stability as we build our long-term relationships with our customers, as highlighted in the previous slide. Helpful this year was the broadening of our offering, with the different hubs helping stickiness of our customer base. To service our subscription and support arrangement, our direct cost margin improved by 3% to a gross margin of 88%. In, in, in FY21, Big Team came made significant investments into building infrastructure in the USA, EMEA, and the Asia Pacific. These forward investments were instrumental in achieving the growth in gross margin this year. This demonstrates to investors the product capacity of the business over time as well as the cash generation potential as we maintain these margins and reach maturity. Moving on to slide 23. 
The operating leverage of the business improved whilst we're growing effectively as we're managing our operating costs. In FY22, operating leverage was 82%, an improvement as a percentage of revenue from 94 and FY21. We are pleased with the results given the increased scale of the Big Tin Can operations. Like we do with infrastructure, we also make investments in creating technology that will come to the market in future years. We capitalize a portion of these investments to represent the value of these future economic benefits. So when adding back capitalization of 16.6 million in FY22, these resu this results in a 10% operating leverage improvement from FY21. So you can see here the impact of the investments from added back to the overall results. In summary, management is always reviewing these investments to deliver efficient and effective results across product and engineering, as well as our go-to market model. Moving on to slide 24. Our ARR waterfall demonstrates the progression of Big Tin Can and the impact of the Brain Shark acquisition in many ways. Gross new and expand was up 23% on the prior year to 18.6 million from 15.1 in the prior year. Expansion was particularly strong, increasing 41% as those multi-hub deals came through during the year. I'll note here for investors that these numbers exclude new logo and expanded deals that happened during FY22, where customers purchased le the learning hub based on the Brainshark technology or migrated to Big Thinkan infrastructure but purchased it through the, the Brainshark entity. Adding that split to new and expand would have grown those numbers. And again, excluding the Brainshark uh, to learning hub transition, Big Thinkan net retention rate was 108. And with these trends, we expect the, as Brainshark transitions into Big Tin Can to have a positive impact on our net retention ratio going forward. Moving on to slide 25. This year, we thought we'd provide investors with additional insight into contract size and terms. The first chart is a split of ARR by customer contract size at 30 June 2022. You can see here 78% of ARR was in contracts with ARR in excess of $100,000. The second chart talks to the contract terms. And as you can see, around a third of our customers have a contract term of in excess of one year, which gives us additional certainty in the future recurring revenue. And that's also supported by a deferred income balance at June 2022 of $50.6 million. On slide 26, and as David Met said earlier, we're striving to provide a little bit more detail to investors. This chart on this page helps us do that. What you'll note here is roughly a third of the new and expand ARR dollars that were added in FY22 were generated through multi-hub product sales. Also interesting here is the learning hub, showing a small percentage indicates a growth vector for FY23. Now moving on to F, uh, slide 23, I want to go uh, through detail in terms of the Brainshark acquisition. As mentioned before, Brainshark revenue contributed 50 million to FY22, and that's in the appendix 4E that we released as well, which is slightly down our projection of 52 million. And that was partly due, due to a weak delay in closing. Brainshark is now part of the Big Tin Can Learning Hub. So you'll see this come up in the Learning Hub section in the next results announcement. Another note that I pointed out in the 4C in the last presentation is of the 5 million integration budget, we've, we've incurred approximately 1.8 million of that 
to date in FY22. And as outlined in the Capital Raising Deck on the 23rd of August 2021, the synergies milestone of 3.9 million was achieved during FY22. Now moving on to slide 28, the cash position within Big Ten Cam's trending in line with company forecasts. During the period, the company improved its operating cash position by 9.2 million from the prior year. This is supported by three consecutive positive operating quarters and the company is well positioned to execute on its plans with cash of 38.9 million at year end. That's all for me, thank you, and uh, back to David. Thank you, Cyril and team. Okay, let's talk about the FY23 outlook. Let's jump onto the next slide, thank you, and talk about what we've called the State of the Union for FY23. So whilst our market continued to adapt and change, it's, let's, I thought we would start with State of the Union, for BTH that helps to ground our FY23 outlook. So firstly, our market continues to mature and grow. The Gartner report gives a view there. I remind investors it's available on our website. Secondly, we're seeing these new products and multi-module sales grow as a percentage of new revenue, and that was demonstrated by some of the materials shown today. Big Tin Can continues to build out the global team. I thought the video from Seek was a great showcase of how we're seeing customers in areas like Asia Pacific, and we're seeing similar themes in Europe, join the Big Tin Can family. So welcome and thank you so much for helping with that video team at Seek. Of course, we're closely monitoring the economy. And whilst we do see some risks from inflation and talk of recession, I want to point out there are also potential opportunities from those changes, and we may see those later in FY23. Our customers are talking more about productivity gains, and that could be an increasing important growth factor where these customers see our technology as a way to help their teams do more with less. Now, given all this, we're taking a well-managed approach to how we grow in the future. Big Tin Can is a growth company. It's a growth company with strong underlying unit economics and financials that will deliver long-term value for shareholders, customers, and the global team. And lastly, whilst we're still not yet at that 12-month point from the closure of the BrainShark deal, we do see ongoing migration of BrainShark solutions to Big Tin Can offerings happening in FY23. Let's jump into the next slide and have a look at that outlook. So as we look to FY23, Big Tin Can starts with a bunch of strategies that we're implementing to deliver for shareholders in the market. I note here again, helping our customers to address that productivity gap for their teams could be insightful. So given the progress we have reviewed today, we see an outlook for Big Tin Can to achieve annualized recurring revenue in the range of 137 to 143 million, revenue in the range of 123 to 128. And I also wanted to note here for investors that whilst we're still measuring the impact of this larger Big Tin Can, again, we're not quite yet at that 12 months of the, the brand shark acquisition timing, but the impact of that bigger Big Tin Can, if you like, and its benefits, we see the, the BTH company in a position to materially grow just as EBITDA in FY23 plus reiterating our cash flow break-even target to be achieved in the year. That's it for the formal portion of today's presentation, although we do have one last thing to show you on the next slide, which I think is uh, if you're interested. So if you're out there with a phone, we thought we'd give you a bit of a big tin can trophy for attending this event that showcases the work we're doing uh, for our customers. And if you want to get your phone out and scan that, uh, that QR code, you will actually receive a, uh, a Big Tin Can digital trophy for attending your FY22 results. Okay, so I think we can leave that up for a minute. 
what I'm going to do is jump into some Q&A. There's a, there's a question here about recession in the US is inevitable. What's the likely impact to ARR for Big Tincan and FY23? Look, I think that's an interesting point. It's the, the US economy is going through a whole lot of changes. There's also some, some signs, though, that the economy has moved towards a focus on this productivity angle that we spoke about before. And I think Pam talked really well about how our customers see that. In fact, they see it as one of the tools that could actually help them to, to do more with less. Pam, do you have any comment on that for us? Yes, thank you, David. It's such an opportunity because as the pressure is to invest less in additional humans, additional resources, it's such a great opportunity to make the ones that you have onboarded smoothly, ever boarding, and then productive by giving them exactly what they need along their buyer journey when they need it. Well said, Pam. So we've given, a, I think, a guidance. Well, one thing I'll remind investors of is Big Tincan has always met or exceeded our guidance. So our job is with those circumstances you just mentioned, Jay, you know, to be, to be uh, appropriate in terms of our judgment of where we see the results coming out. But of course, if that continues to be a growth vector, as Pam just talked about, we'll come back and update investors later in this financial year. There's a question here about, can you speak to the uptick in GM gross margin? Is that sustainable? Do you see further upside? I'll answer first, and I'll have Cyril give you more detail. Look, I think for me, as an enterprise SaaS company, there are periods when we have to make investments. FY21 was a pretty significant year and we made a whole bunch of investments in building infrastructure behind Big Team Camp. We expanded uh, the, the, the work that we do in that infrastructure system, not just in the US. We actually expanded in FY21 ahead of the revenue, if you like, for Europe and, and Asia Pacific. And I think that's been really helpful. It's actually shown this year why we needed to make those investments to help with gross margin. Cyril, we haven't given a forecast for gross margin for 23, but do you want to give any, any comments there? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with, with what David just said. I mean, we all re obviously review our infrastructure spend, our, um, our AWS spend, but as you can see on slide 20, um, gross margin in FY18 was 83, um, in FY21 it was 85, and this year was 88. So we are always assessing the spend in line with um, top line growth as well. So. But we do, we're always looking at a, at a stable, sustainable rate. That's the okay. key. Thank you, Cyril. There's a question here about discussing the increase in services revenue in second half FY23 and how sustainable that is. Look, that's a very insightful question. Um, yeah, look, you know, as we've always told investors, sometimes we need to provide services as part of getting customers started. That helps them to then use the product more in later periods. But it certainly is not the core behind how we use our, our technology. So look, I think that, you know, I, I really like to talk about the subscription revenue growth. Will we get the same services level in FY23? Well, given the brain shark thing is not even 12 months over and a bunch of that, to answer your question, a bunch of those services came from brain shark. So yeah, I think it doesn't have that much impact on the overall value of Big Tin Can. Do we get the same level? It's hard to be sure. That's why we've come with a revenue guidance that gives us real confidence of the ability to meet or exceed the revenue guides, just because there is a little bit of uncertainty on some of those services revenues. There's a cross-rate question about what USD AUD cross-rate we're using. I'll have Cyril answer, but I want to remind investors here that there are pluses and minuses to being an enterprise company. 
So, of course, when we sign customers up on a deal, let's say someone signs up on a two-year deal, you know, in, in, in almost all circumstances, we will book that at the time that deal was booked. So, whilst the current USD AUD exchange rate is favourable to USD, we have a bunch of our biggest customers signed up at rates that are not favourable. So, look, I think, I mean, Cyril, how can you give some, some view there? Because there is that timing question. Yeah, I mean, we all, we're always conservative in terms of FX. So, like, in other words, although it's 68 or 69 cents at the moment, we always apply an average. So, in terms of our numbers and our projections, we always look at the, the four 12-month average rate and we apply that across all our deals. Yep, thank you, Cyril. There's a question here about dividends. Look, I don't think that's in the company's best interest right now. I think that, of course, that's an option. And just to share with everybody on this call, the board could certainly decide to make this a, a dividend play with the scale it's getting to. I, I still feel that it's a growth company. I made that clear in my remarks. I think that is the opportunity for the company. Of course, unusual times, so we need to be cautious. But I don't think that's in the current, certainly not in the guidance. I don't think that's a short-term strategy that would make sense for the company. There's a question here about acquisition strategy. Look, I think that the way we've thought about acquisitions was described well on that market development slide in today's deck. We really wanted to fill out that column of capabilities. And I, I feel the Gartner report, if you can get a copy of it, will give you a bit of a view into that. So as you know, we really see Big Tin Can pretty much having a complete built out platform. So I don't see gaps. It's not like, oh, gee, we're missing that gap over there on the left and we have to fill it right now because we're losing deals. Don't see it that way. However, look, we're always looking at build versus buy decision for small tech-focused things where it's immaterial or we can accelerate the roadmap or reduce risk of execution, but certainly no, um, you know, no material M&A on the plan now. Another question here about decline in re retention. Yeah, look, let's go through that. Because Part of the issue here with this metric is the way we've calculated it. Two things happened in the year. One is, and this is also natural, so we've done a bunch of these small acquisitions ourselves over the last few years, and at the end of the day, with some of the tail of those revenues, we do actually end up like those products. That does happen. And when you're smaller, you'll get an impact from the end of life of those products. We don't want to keep those products around. We want to migrate customers to the go forward big tin can solution. And secondly, we did not include something that I think was the right thing for Big Tin Can to do. We had great support from investors with the Brainshark acquisition. And I think what investors were looking for the company to do is to be really transparent, really transparent about what happened with that acquisition, you know, what was the impact of it. So we took the new and expand that had anything to do with Brainshark. Even if it was a new logo coming into Big Tin Can and buying like a Learning Hub offering, but it had some connection to Brainshark. We put that in a different column in our ARR waterfall chart. So I think that's the best answer I can give you, Cyril. Do you want to, any, any comment on that? Um, no, no, I mean, I totally agree with what you just said, Dave. Yeah, no further comment. Okay, there's a question here about changes in demand by outlook or by vertical. Um, I might get Stefan to, to comment a bit on what he sees in terms of verticals for the product side. Again, my, my introductory comment and reply, my initial reply is, it does change from period to period vertical, it does. And it's one of the reasons that we like to have multiple verticals because you will have situations where we saw life sciences post-pandemic grow like mad. I mean, all over the world. And probably for us as a human species, that's great news. That's great news for us as humans. But um, yeah, I think that is uh, where it is. Steph, do you have any comment about verticals? 
Only we've seen continued strength in the verticals that we've historically done well at. So technology, life sciences, financial, which are the ones I haven't got the question here. Uh, yes, those are the called out. But I guess the message is they continue to be strong. Uh, we shared on slide uh, slide six, I believe, that breakdown. And uh, I think previously it's been very reflective of, of the similar sort of um, similar segments. Yeah, thank you. Great. Okay, there's a question here, which is, uh, yeah, I'll read it for you. With the BTH stock price off 50% 50, 50 over the last 12 months on the back of rising interest rates and the devaluation of public sales companies, has the company had any third-party approaches, particularly from private equity? I think we all saw in the uh, financial review this morning something about an, a, an Aussie tech company being approached by private equity. It's happened a bit. Look, I think that, I mean, it's a public market. People can do whatever they want. There's nothing we're announcing here about approaches from, from private equity. But, but look, I think it's all about what is the value that we can create for shareholders in the company. And that's what it is. It's about value creation for folks. And yes, that, that question is, is right. It, the, you know, and it's, it's difficult to tell investors that have loyally supported the company that the share price is not performing the way people felt it would. It's difficult to, to have that conversation, but we have to have it. The best thing that management can do is adjust and adapt to new conditions. And we're doing that a couple of ways. One is you've seen today a focus on communicating the ability to not just achieve adjusted EBITDA positive results, but to forecast that we can materially improve them. I think that's one of the first things we can do. We can adjust to that reality. But the second thing we can do is just keep building the best technology that helps our customers create the buying experience of the future for their teams. And the rest just kind of takes care of itself a little bit. There's a question here about on slide 24, maybe this one's Cyril actually. On slide 24, the percentage of revenue and product development fell Oh, revenue for product development fell from 41 to 29, while sales and marketing remained flat. Okay, so I'll give you the high level on that. I think that sales and marketing, because of the brain shark transition, there was a significant um, extra weight of, of people that came in as we now have a bigger base to take care of. That's why in this period that happens. You can see over 120% growth. It's a, it's a pretty significant change. On the product and development side, I think what you're starting to see, and we're not giving a forecast for 23 on this, but what you're starting to see is, and it happens naturally, it happens to everybody. If you go back and pull salesforce.com's initial S1, you'll see it happen to them. Over time, you do get improvements in economies of scale of development. It's just what happens. But Cyril, do you want to give a comment on that? I was just going to say, I mean, part, part of the, the variance is due to capitalization. So if you back that, back, I mean, the, the numbers will start to normalise. I mean, there's still a 10% improvement um, from 12% from overall. The key takeaway there is, as, as David said, with all the acquisitions that have, that have come on board and the integrations that we've done, there is economies of scale across all our engineering, office of design and product groups. And that's what we're noticing and that's, that's what's going to happen in FY23. Yeah. Now, in terms of the next question, I'll probably answer that one. Uh, from James Bale. Um, in terms of the 1.8, yeah, that's pretty much going to be the figure uh, that we've basically accrued at the end of June. So going forward, I don't expect that to increase. And for other folks, that was a question about the 1.8 million integration costs from the Brain Shark acquisition. And I think that's interesting too, because I want to thank the whole Big Tin Can team all around the world. You guys are amazing. What you did in this year is, to quote the people from Boston, off the charts because you did an amazing job to do something that, you know, uh, and to deliver these results in a, in a way that I think is, uh, has added value for shareholders in our company and given us a, 
and platform for the future. Look, I think that's it. That's all the questions. That's our 45 minutes. Thank you all for attending. I'm looking forward to seeing you again at our next, at the AGM, I hope. Thank you so much. And thanks, everybody, for joining the Big Tin Can Holdings FY2022 Results Investor Briefing. A uh, copy of today's recording will be available um, on Big Tin Can website in the coming days. And should we have missed any questions, please feel free to reach out via the contact details on the bottom of our ASX releases. But thank you all again.